Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The Three Now Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Just watched a little Cowboys. Tom Brady takes galore. lot going on. Big week. I've watched football basically for the last 48 hours, and i got to say, I've loved every second of it. Hopefully you guys have had a good weekend. Hopefully your team's won. I obviously owe some apologies this podcast. I think one might start with a guy named Matt Eberflus. Got to say his name right. Uh, that'll come up. I think what I'm going to do, obviously we're always going to talk about the Sunday night game. Uh, Want to hit on Lamar Jackson. And then I'm going to do something every Sunday called buy or sell where I buy uh, buy takes that I like and sell takes that I don't like. So I will, uh, things that takes of mine. So something that I was right about, I'm going to buy more of and something that I was wrong about. Like obviously, you know, Eberflus. Uh, not necessarily, I'm not changing my overall opinion. We'll, we'll get into it later, but I'll sell where uh, where needs be. I'm not, 
I'll eat my humble pie. I'll eat my crow. I'm not. I'm not too stubborn. I, I don't care. I mean, I just. I just talk about sports for a living. This isn't. You know, that big a deal. If if you can't admit, well, you were wrong. Um, you know, like somehow I just bet on the Cowboys. I don't know how I did that, but I made so much money gambling on underdogs this weekend. Uh, and then Mike McCarthy. So let's uh, let's go there first. And I want to start with an apology. One, a lot of people thought I was insane for taking the Carolina Panthers to win the division. I don't feel as good about that. Now, I wanted to be a little different. Uh, even though, you know, they almost won today. I owe Tom Brady an apology. Now, I owe a lot of other apologies we're going to get into later on the show. But I'm going to start with Tom. And I think one thing that people that are really talented at whatever they do can do very well is compartmentalize. And clearly, Tom Brady, it's not even arguable. I'm not trying to guess what's going on. It's been well reported. Giselle, the family issues, him disappearing. It was weird. Like, we've all been watching football. If you're 30 years old, you've been watching football for 20 years. If you're 40 years old, you've been watching football for 30 years. We all could say, like, that's a little weird for the guy leaving, especially when you factor in who it is. If Antonio Brown leaves for a week, we're like, whatever, guy's a whack job, (laughs) right? It wouldn't even be that weird. Tom Brady, you're like, this doesn't add up. And then he comes back and he says it. And my take was, things are getting really weird with Tampa Bay, right? They're losing a bunch of offensive linemen with injuries. But most importantly, it's him. The franchise was a clown show. 12 straight years, they didn't make the playoffs. Tom Brady comes, they win the Super Bowl. Then the following year, they host a playoff game in the second round, which obviously they lost to the Rams. But he's the reason this franchise is having success. They've had good players. They have good players now. You put Tom Brady with the franchise, they're big time. Now, what I underestimated, that Tom Brady has handled Deflategate, Spygate, a a million things, Orchids of Asia with his owner. A lot of weird things have happened in New England over the years, right? A lot. Yet, he's never been phased. But those were always football things. So it's easy for him to kind of drown out the noise and stay focused on the tasks at hand. It's a little bit different. Like, we're all human beings. We all have friends and family that have had bad breakups or have had divorces. And we've seen the impact. Now, maybe this guy is just a cyborg and a robot. Because let's face it, like CEOs on Wall Street get divorced. You know, NFL head coaches get divorced. Bill Belichick got a divorce. No one knew about it until he started dating Cougar Linda. And there are certain people that are able to just stay laser focused, however that's humanly possible. I know that's something I'm not great at. I get easily distracted. I'm someone that if things are going on in my life that aren't well on one side, it affects the other side. Maybe Tom's just a robot. Because I'm watching that game today going... He's got a million injuries to his offensive line. Hell, early in the game, his starting left tackle gets hurt. I go, no way. He looks, and we've been saying over and over, I've never argued that Tom was going to fall off a cliff like Drew Brees, like Ben Roethlisberger, or like Phillip Rivers. Or hell, Eli Manning. His arm is not going. He is throwing balls now at 45 years old that look better than balls that he threw at 25. It's incredible. Like, it's not really argue about TB12. It works. It works. What'd they say tonight? He calls Julio Jones. Get on TB12. Look at Julio Jones. Julio Jones looks like it's 2016 and he's playing with Kyle Shanahan as offensive coordinator. I mean, TB12, what a, I, my mom bought me the book actually for Christmas. I use it in my condo in the Bay Area just as like uh, just a, a book sitting there on a shelf to look good. I've never actually read it, but maybe I should because everyone that uses it, whether it's the avocado ice cream, whether it's the pliability stretches, that shit works. It clearly works with Tom. But I didn't, I didn't underestimate Tom's arm. 
we've all been watching Tom long enough. His arm is unfazed. I underestimated his just robotic nature of being completely unfazed by anything going on at home. And honestly, I'm jealous how he's able to have that laser focus because that's something that we all aspire to have. Whatever we do, to just when we do our tasks what at work or professionally, just to be locked in and laser focused. And this guy has seven Super Bowls, and this guy is one of the most accomplished, not just athletes, but human beings we've ever seen in his field because of that laser focus. And we've talked about it forever. We've given him a lot of credit. And for the first time, I kind of, I shorted it. I'm like, this is going to get him this time. And based on one game, zero impact. Now, you could argue the opponent, which we'll dive into in a second, might not exactly be a worthy foe. Uh, Dallas might suck. But I'm sorry, Tom. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. If I could redo my pick to who's going to win the NFC South, I think I would take Tampa Bay now. Uh, though I, I'm not totally writing off the Carolina Panthers. I, I still believe that they will be feisty and still have a chance to compete for a wild card, especially because the NFC doesn't look that great. But if Tampa, I mean, if the defense is going to be that good and Tom's going to play like that, now we'll see does the offensive line eventually catch up. You can only lose so many offensive linemen, or maybe Tom, and it, it doesn't matter. Now the Dallas Cowboys. Like, let's face it. The, the only reaction you can have after that game is they stink. That is an embarrassing performance. Now, we all knew, and they even they mentioned on the broadcast, the first question Mike McCarthy got during training camp was about his job status. It was, Mike, do you think you're going to be able to keep your job? Mike, did you worry about being fired? So that is the elephant in the room. It's one of the biggest talking points in the NFL this season. It's like, is Mike McCarthy going to last? Is Mike McCarthy going to make the season? People are like, well, Jerry's pretty loyal. Jerry doesn't usually fire coach in the middle of the season, which I tend to agree, but this is a little different. Mike's not really one of, like Jason Garrett was one of his guys. Mike was kind of this hired gun that pretended he watched all these games and he had the Cowboys broken down and then he laughed about it at his introductory press conference that he actually didn't watch all the games. And then we're watching Mike McCarthy and we don't really know what he does. He doesn't call the offensive plays. He obviously has nothing to do with the defense. And you just go, you have to think he's in trouble. And I've said from a talent standpoint, just from a roster construction, they lost a lot. So anytime that you lose a lot of players who are really good and were a big reason that you were a 12 or I'm pretty sure they went 12 and 5 last year, 12 and 5 win team, hosted a playoff game, Amari Cooper was a big deal for Dak Prescott. Like, Amari Cooper was really good for them. Hell, Cedric Wilson, who was on their team last year, was pretty damn good, too. Randy Gregory had a pretty big impact as a pass rusher. Like, you can only lose so many players. Then you factor in, Lyle Collins is gone. Tyron Smith gets hurt. Now you're implementing a, a new, brand new starting left tackle who's a rookie who, if anything, was going to need some work. Like, they got a lot of moving parts right now, and it doesn't exactly feel like McCarthy's Belichick, Parcells, or Walsh in their primes. So I would say, first and foremost... Their head coach, who was a major question mark coming into the season, who I think we've been questioning now for a couple years, you have to go, now that he doesn't really have a loaded gun like he did last year, how is he going to overcome this? How is he going to get this team to the playoffs? And then you factor in, let's let's start with Dak Prescott before he hurt his finger. Because as of recording this, I don't know, did he break his finger? Is he out for a period of time? Was it just a scare? I don't know. As of recording this, I have no clue. Here's what I do know, though. Before he got injured... He was terrible. It, you can be like, well, it wasn't all... Yeah, we understand. It's never all someone's fault. But when it when it was on Dak Prescott to make a play, when guys were getting blocked and guys were open, he was bad. Now, people have think that I'm some Dak Prescott hater. I'm not. 
I just think at $40 million, little overvalued, not really feeling the price point for the talent. Though I've always valued the human being. I think he's a super high level guy, root for the human being. But I will say this, that if he's going to play like that and their team is not as good, they have no shot. It's a little bit like the Green Bay Packers years ago when they've had some, you know, undermanned teams. Well, Aaron Rodgers is so good, he could rise above it. That is not that Prescott. He is not that guy. Remember, what's the meme? You're not that guy, pal? Well, he's not that guy, pal. And he's just not good enough to put themselves in a position where they are going to, you know, win games in the sense of he needs surgery. Just got a text. So let me let me update this now. Dak Prescott will be out a while, according to Jerry Jones. He needs surgery. Let's start with that. That kind of represents the Cowboys right there. The guy that's breaking the news is literally the owner in the locker room. Like, the whole organization is just not healthy. Now, Dak being being hurt sucks. Like, I don't want any of these quarterbacks to get hurt, whether I'm bullish on them or whether I'm bearish on them. But, like I said, before he got injured... Every Cowboy fan would have to admit he's not playing with Michael Irvin, Amari Cooper, and Des Bryant. We all agree. His best receiver, CeeDee Lamb, who kind of felt like he was going through the motions tonight. Some other guys, and I follow football pretty closely. I literally watch 15 hours of college football. I don't even know who they are. But he was not playing well. Now he's out for a while. It's going to be a problem. Like, they're not, Mike McCarthy's not winning games with Cooper Rush. So I, what are they going to do? You know, I, I don't know. I, they're screwed. I was out on Dallas to begin with. Now, I thought with a healthy Dak, they would still compete to make the playoffs. Eight, nine wins. I had the Eagles pick. Now, I mean, this has a chance to be a complete and utter disaster. But let's start on the number one conversation that's going to happen moving forward. Will Sean Payton be the next head coach? And I'm going to pound this drum over and over and over. I'm not saying that, like, I don't want Jerry Jones to die. Okay, I want Jerry Jones to live on. I want everyone to live. I don't I don't want anyone to 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 lose their life. But until Jerry is removed from the Cowboys, and that will not happen until he dies. Like he's not giving up power. Literally Al Davis, who Jerry Jones, I heard Matt Mosley tell Colin Coward on his podcast, Jerry idolized Al. Al ran the Raiders until literally his dying days. That is going to be the same thing with Jerry. I have a hard time envisioning. Actually, I I can't see it. Sean Payton working for Jerry Jones. Sean Payton is a guy that's $15 million plus NFL head coach. Well, he also, when you're a $15 to $20 million head coach, you're used to getting all the juice. When you read Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban and all these coaches in college get all this money, they also run the whole fucking program. Well, ultimately, like anything that Andy Reid ultimately wants, anything that Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan ultimately want, they get. Well, you think Sean Payton is going to be like, yeah, Jerry, I'll come, I'll call the plays because you need a good play caller. I'll coach these guys up, but I'll let you do everything else. I'll let you pick the players. I'll let you talk after every game. Like, that's not happening. That's not the way a healthy organization runs. Again, as an outsider, I'm not a Cowboy fan. Just an NFL fan. I'm a fan of all the characters. Jerry's a great character. Literally, I'm recording a podcast. I get a text of the guy that broke the news. Not Schefter, not Rapsheet. It's Jerry Jones telling everyone that Dak needs surgery. 
that clearly he, you know, broke a finger or something, right? Something happened to his hand, hopefully not his wrist, broke his finger, and now they're in trouble. Uh, but they were in trouble before Dak got hurt. But anytime you lose your starting quarterback, they're screwed. <laughs> you know, like, I, I hate to say it, the season's over. You know, like it, it's it's over because you weren't good enough to begin with. It's like Notre Dame. They lost to Marshall. They're, the playoffs are done. Your season's over. You're just trying to compete now, if you're Marcus Freeman, to keep your job. If you're Mike McCarthy, you know, the difference is Mike Mike uh, or Marcus Freeman could keep his job. How does Mike McCarthy keep his job? Like, if he goes 8-9, and nine, how are they keeping him? Even if you tell me, well, Dak misses a month and a half. I, I don't think anyone's going to care. People already wanted him gone to begin with. So, Tom Brady, who has destroyed a lot of careers. Think about the uh, the hamster wheel of coaching jobs with the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills for those two decades that Tom was there. Just ruining careers. In a weird way, it felt like he ruined Mike McCarthy's career tonight. Came in, fresh off, a, a marriage he's holding on to for dear life. You're like, God, Tom hasn't even focused. Just destroys the Cowboys. And now Dak's got who knows what in his, in his hand or finger. He's out. Everyone's going to be like, oh, Mike's screwed. Everyone's putting Sean Payton. Like I said, I'm not going there yet. I'm just not. I can't envision Sean Payton taking orders from Jerry. Now, as we've seen in live golf, money talks, shit walks. So, hell, maybe Jerry pays him $30 million. He's like, hey, Jerry, you pick the players. You talk in the locker room. You pay me $2 million a game, and we're good to go. But uh, what a night. (laughs) What what a great weekend of football. And that night just blew everything away in terms of Tom, Dak being injured, McCarthy's job's already in the line. Who would have thought? Kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today, get started, $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Promo code, though, is Colin to get in on the action. Always Colin. Turn game day into payday. Win totals, division winners, player props, week one spreads and totals. Play your way, bet on more than just the final score. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. My fave. Now, FanDuel is also live in Kansas, baby. Don't fumble your chance. 150 bucks in free bets, win or lose, promo code Colin. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to do something on these podcasts, I think on, uh, on Sunday night, where I'm, Colin does who's right and who's wrong. I'm going to turn it into buy and sell. Basically, buy my take that I had, that I was right on, and sell. And I owe some people apologies. I, I do. But I also am going to pump my chest a little bit. Wasn't wrong on everything. But really quick, I want to say something about Lamar Jackson. I think we talked about it earlier in the week. But I'm adamant that he made a insane business decision. Because that's ultimately what he's doing. These athletes are the business, right? M- most businesses, like... You, if you and I start a company, whatever it is, the likelihood that we could ever sell our company for $150 million is very unlikely. The percentage of entrepreneurs that start things and ever sell their businesses for nine figures is few and far between. 
Now, the professional athletes, the percentage of these guys, you know, the, the countless numbers now make over $100 million. Obviously, all the quarterbacks, some star wide receivers, NBA players, Major League Baseball players. That individual is an entity. And when he's making decisions about his contract, he has to not think about it necessarily from a football standpoint if he's on a good team and having success. He has to think about it from a business standpoint. And I heard Colin say this a while back, and I couldn't agree anymore, is that just because one business in any industry makes a bad decision and sets a market price doesn't mean that everyone follows them. If you live in a neighborhood, and you know no different than last year when the market was booming in the real estate market, or right now as it's slowed down, hopefully it slows down a little bit more so we can make a good purchase, you know what I'm saying? But if you live in a neighborhood and your house give or take, has been selling for a million dollars. And someone in that same neighborhood finds someone to buy their house for $4 million. That does not mean that someone's going to be willing to buy your house for $1 million. Because you may be like, well, he just got four. I'll put mine on the market for three eight. And no one comes remote. No one offers you more than one four. And you're like, what the hell? Well, just because this idiot you know, had Bill Gates' cousin in his family and had unlimited money does not mean you're getting that. Now, no one's ever argued that Lamar Jackson is not an excellent player, an excellent person, and been a fantastic addition to the Ravens organization, worthy of an MVP, worthy of a league superstar. Dude's a stud. The league is lucky to have him. But the Ravens, as Chris Mortensen was tweeting, was offering him more money at signing than guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. And that's just the signing. The moment you sign what is guaranteed immediately... The practical guarantees, we're talking $160, $170 million. The first clip I saw today, I didn't see any of the game, but I saw the NFL basically tweet, like, good to have Lamar Jackson back, you know, running around. And it was a play of him, you know, one of those classic, like, uh, zone read handoffs. He keeps and gets tackled by, like, three guys. And I'm thinking to myself, Lamar, you're making $23 million this year, which is a shitload of money. The 99.9% of people would love to make that. But you have to look at it from, you are, you are risking over $110 million today. Today. Because the guaranteed at signing, it was 133. And then when you factor in the practical guarantees, you're really risking probably 140 and 100 or $150 million. And if you're going to argue and pound the chest about Deshaun Watson, no one's ever given you that money. And you go, well, wait till I get to free agency. Well, you're three years away. You're this year, your fifth year option. You're your first franchise year, and you're your second franchise year. You're like you're not a free agent. This, this is not the NBA. You, next year, you can't just walk and have five teams bidding on you, which you would have. But that's not going to happen. Now, Mortensen said that the NFLPA recommended that he take this tactic and play it out. That to me is insanity. I would understand the logic a little if he was a true pocket quarterback. But he's a running player who constantly puts himself in compromising positions in terms of injuries. And then just, it's football. Even if you are just a pure pocket quarterback, you could get injured. I, 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 I listen, I, I, I don't, why are you pocket watching? This is not a pocket watch. This is just from where I'm sitting, given how much money is on the line and just taking a logical view at this, I think he's making a terrible decision. Uh, wanted to get in really quick to buy and sell. And I'm just going to buy... Picks that, you know, opinions that I was right on. And I'm going to sell, and I'm going to have some apologies here. My, my first take that 
I'm not buying. I, I would quadruple down on. There is actually not a take that I have in the uh, in the National Football League that I feel more confident about. And I'm going to say it right now, and I'm going to say it over and over all season. And they'll have their moments while they're quote-unquote shut me up. And I, I'm not going to just gloat because they got absolutely curb stomped by the Kansas City Chiefs, who might be one of the best teams, who are one of the best teams in the league. But the Arizona Cardinals, I'm right about this. Cliff Kingsbury has never been a good coach. Yeah, he had a moment last year where they got hot and they got a huge lead on everyone else. They still blew the division the last week of the Seattle Seahawks. I was at the Rams game when the Rams lose and up top it goes because the Seattle Seahawks kicked their ass. The, the LA Rams are the division champs. The Arizona Cardinals should have cruised to the divisional championship. But this offseason, like, you, you don't need to be some NFL analyst to realize things were weird. The Kyler Murray thing was insane. Their running back coach is involved in a domestic assault where he's on a leave of absence for something that happened at a grocery store. Their star wide receiver uh, was going about 180 miles an hour in the desert on the way to practice. Their coach just said after the game today, after they got destroyed by you know a team that literally has won like 80 games the last four years. If you can't be locked in to play the Chiefs, you might as well just do something else for a living. That we need to be more focused at practice. This isn't a high school team. Hell, this isn't a college team. This is the National Football League. And Cliff, you're the coach. We need to be more locked in at practice. Can you imagine Bill Walsh or Bill Belichick or Andy Reid say that? One, even if he thought that, he would never say that. And two, he controls that. He's the head coach. But I'm out on this organization. I'm out on this team. I'm out on their core guys. Like J.J. Watt, who is an uh, integral part of their leadership, is always hurt, and his brother is too. That sucks. But I, I just, I'm out. And obviously today, Kingsbury versus Andy. Pfft. Mahomes versus Kyler. Like, that's not a fair fight. And that was, I, I'm in Arizona right now. I watched the majority of that game. That The score was not even as close uh, as what I witnessed. That that was, they destroyed them. That, that's the college equivalent of like 70 to 40. No, no, excuse me. 70 to 20, maybe. I mean, every single time I looked up Mahomes, whoop, 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 whoop. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. That, that was an ass kicking. Uh, I own an apology. And Bears fans, you guys are a proud franchise. Ooh. You know, I haven't done that much winning, and I've been mispronouncing your coach's name. And I've said, the moment he wins a football game, I will no longer say Uberflus. His name is Matt Eberflus. And he didn't just win today, he kicked Kyle Shanahan's ass. Now, ultimately, it was, I, I didn't see every game today. I don't think there were many games played in the weather Today's weather game was absurd in Chicago. One, the field is terrible, and it never stopped raining. But both teams play on those surfaces. And Justin Fields made a couple just incredible plays. Uh, he made one touchdown pass to uh, Dante Pettis where he like scrambled around, threw it back on his body. It was badass. Made another play later in the game. that they, they outscored the Niners 19 straight points in the second half. And listen. If I said all week long the Niners are going to kick their ass, and they didn't just not win, they they got handled in the second half. Matt Eberflus, hat tip to you on your first victory. Now, I'm not changing my opinion on this team. I don't think the Bears are going to win that many games, but regardless, I say it all the time, black and white league. We judge you on wins and losses. 
He's 1-0. He beat the 49ers, where he was a huge, huge underdog uh, for NFL standards. So props to Eberflus. Props to Justin Fields, who, you know, he only completed eight balls, but did have some sweet plays. And the difference right now, like today, of Justin Fields and Trey Lance is Fields made some explosive plays. I mean, Fields made some down-the-field plays, made some plays with his legs. He, uh, yeah, he just, he, he was electric when they really needed it. Early in the game, pretty ugly, but as the game went on, you know, props to the Bears. 1-0. Enjoy it, because, you know, you guys are going to lose some games. Bye. I'm going to buy, and I'm going to buy more of this. The New England Patriots are terrible. One of my takes was, I wasn't sure that Bill Belichick's going to be back next year. I actually feel better about that now. And I'm not saying that Robert Kraft is going to say, Bill Belichick, you're fired. Here are your walking papers. It wouldn't happen like that. There would be some sort of mutual agreement. But it's weird. How are we even arguing this? It's weird. Their team this year feels worse than last year. They play the Miami Dolphins, who granted, they struggle against that team. But they go down there, and he takes them down early. He goes on Tuesday because of the humidity. At one point in time, I looked up, and it was I think it was 20 to nothing. And obviously, they lost 20 to 7. I've said over and over and over again, and so have a lot of people. I'm not alone on this. This wasn't some original thought. Literally, anyone with a brain that falls in the NFL has this opinion. Having Matt Patricia be your offensive coordinator is insanity. There is not another team in the league that could do that without having a potential riot at their stadium, having fans just screaming nonstop, having the owner be like, what are we doing? It, it, it's it's nuts. It's It just is. And Bill's doing it, and I, I think it's going to cost him. Now, even if if he just would have got a credible offensive coordinator, maybe it's a difference in a couple more wins. I Honestly, I think they're headed to like a five-win season. They, they don't have the talent. When I text with Buddy today in the NFL, he's like, where do you see the players on the roster? He's like, I, I don't. They don't exist. Sell. So, I, I thought that the hype on Minnesota, and listen, Coward's been leading it. Collins like, Minnesota, 12, 13 wins. I was like, I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, and I said over and over, I, I can't take them seriously until they win a game like this. And I didn't pick them to win this game. I didn't feel comfortable about them winning this game. And I said the two teams that had to win, if they want to have a chance to win the division, were the Minnesota Vikings and the, I almost said the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. Because if either one of those teams are going to win the division, you have to beat a divisional rival at home. And we'll get into the Chargers probably on uh, Tuesday's podcast. But Minnesota, whenever, one, Justin Jefferson is a remarkable, elite, special player. Like, you know the good part about pro sports? Sometimes you watch a guy, and some people take a while, right? Devontae Adams took a couple years before we realized, like, Jesus. Steph Curry took a little time. Clay Thompson took a little time. But some, like LeBron, you just, boom. You know, there's certain guys you're like, geez, that, that looks a little. Mike Trout, you're like, yeah, I haven't seen that before. Justin Jefferson was like, uh, remember Randy Moss when the Vikings drafted him and he came out of Marshall and like halfway through his rookie year, we're like, uh, I don't know if we've ever seen this. And he went on to become one of the best players ever. Like that kind of feels like Justin Jefferson. Here's what I underestimated. I, I, I didn't question their offense. I didn't. I didn't dispute that they were going to be able to score. They scored points last year. Kirk Cousins was really good last year. Like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, uh, Madison, the Boise State running back. Like I, I, I was not worried about them scoring. I was, how are they going to play defense? Every time I looked up, and Rodgers was just getting peppered. Guys were getting blasted. 
This was the Minnesota defense that I remember early on in Zimmer's tenure when their defense, now different players, but in terms of the mentality and the mindset, just hitting people in the mouth. And let's face it, when Green Bay Packers have been hit in the mouth over the years, I, I stole this from Aaron Nagler on Twitter, but he's right. When Matt LaFleur's Green Bay Packers, and this, this goes back to Mike McCarthy as well, when they have been like, let's get in the trenches and let's play a physical fucking game. Harbaugh used to take it to him back in the day. Seattle in the one NFC championship that McCarthy blew. Clearly some of the games over the years, Tampa a couple years ago in the playoffs, the Niners last year in the playoffs. Today, you just they were kind of getting to a shoving match. And it just sometimes feels that, I don't want to say Green, Belt, Green Bay wilts, but today it felt like they kind of did. Now, we saw last year when they got blown out. I'm not writing off the Packers by any means. I think, that to me, I don't really have a huge take on the Packers, but I do feel pretty confident about Minnesota, and I'll take the L there. I, I did not expect them to look that good defensively. Bye. And I, I even feel much better about this take today. I've said over and over, I think the Lions and the Texans are going to be feisty. And it wasn't because of hard knocks. I don't, I don't even know what my reason would be with the Texans, but it just feels like they're a much more buttoned-up operation than they used to be. Now, the Lions were down relatively big, but as a buddy with the Eagles text me, he's like, God, they just kept fighting. <laughs> they, they, no quitting them. And if you watch Hard Knocks, you kind of got that vibe. Like, I don't know if they're talented enough. You know, seven wins is probably their ceiling. But I don't think they're going to tap out. You know, I'm not a big wrestler. Did go to Cal Poly with Chad Mendez. He was a badass. He, I saw him make a lot of guys tap out in the ring and <laughs> at parties. Dude kicked a lot of ass. I get why Dana White hired him. But if you don't tap out in the NFL and you don't quit, like, you have a chance. And then the Texans. Like, they could have won that game. I mean, they were in control. When I looked at the score uh, early, I was like, are the Colts going to lose, like, 20-3? to Are they going to get blown out here? And they ended up somehow, you know, going to overtime in a 20-20 tie. But both those teams, I don't necessarily expect – well, I definitely don't expect the Lions, and same with the Texans, to be a wild card team or anything. But they're going to upset some teams this season. They are. Because they're tough. Uh, and then sell. I say over and over, I think the Colts are a well-run organization. And in theory, I do. They have a lot of good players. Uh, they feel like a buttoned up in terms of just talent at every position. But something's always off. Now, I get it. Frank doesn't win week ones. But you're playing the Texans. You're a huge favorite. And you're getting your ass kicked early on. And I, I feel pretty good about Chris Ballard. Like, he, all the players on the team, he's drafted. He signed. He's picked up in waivers, and they are all, you know, it's well-documented. A lot of pro bowlers. I think I might be out on Frank Reich. But Ballard, the way the Colts work, is like in charge. And who did I hear? Someone was saying that last year, Ursay not only wanted Wentz gone, but he was thinking about firing Frank, and Chris Ballard went to the went to the mat for Frank. Like, I'm not sure Frank's any good. Because Frank gets anointed, like, with a lot of the top offensive coaches, and I don't know. Like, right now, I would say, I don't know if I'm out, but I definitely have a huge red flag next to Frank Reich. I do not view him as, like, some big-time coach. And that's not just because of, like, one game, but, like, look at last year, the Raiders and the Colts, or Raiders and the Jags, and then this year, the Texans, all off seasons. It's about how it ended, come back, and you tie to the Texans, and honestly, you should have lost. And then, last but not least, a couple college things. I said it two weeks ago on the podcast when – uh when Scott Frost in Nebraska, they went to Ireland, they lost to, to Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats. 
And it wasn't just they lost, and it was just the first college, week zero. It was how they lost. And I said simply, Scott Frost is not a good coach anymore. If you use on your resume, we just lose a lot of close games. Well, if that happens for one season, freak deal. It happened one year with John Harbaugh. If that happens over your career, like you're just not any good. My analogy was, if you're a sales guy and you tell me all the time how close you were to closing a deal and you never do, you're just not a good sales guy. Scott Frost was fired. And I think anytime when you know, I say this all the time, when you know, you know. Like when you know your coach sucks, get rid of him, Mike McCarthy. When you know you don't like her, break up with her, right? How many people do you know that get divorced that you hear like, you know, I should have done this five years ago. I should have done this 10 years ago. I've met more or have like family friends and no friends that have told me stories about people that are like 60 years old, the happiest they've ever been. And they they hung on too long. And Nebraska had a chance to have a clean break this offseason. But instead, they're like, let's see if we can work it out. This is our guy. He lost to fucking Georgia, Georgia Southern and Clay Helton. Think about that. Scott Frost and Nebraska lost to Clay Helton. <laughs> How does that happen? I, I don't know. And then the one thing I think I need to sell a little bit, I'm not going to apologize to Steve Sarkeesian in Texas because the only thing where close counts is in horseshoes and hand grenades. And ultimately, the the point of the game is not to cover the spread, which he did, which is his greatest accomplishment ever, but it's to win. I did say that Nick Saban and those guys would kick his ass. And I think the one thing, and I I noticed this a lot in college football, is with all the transfers, it disperses the talent pretty rapidly, quickly. So I do wonder, I said last week that I thought Georgia and Saban were head and shoulders above everyone. Like, Georgia actually might be, but I wonder if the Alabama team, like, they'll kind of be up and down. I mean, last year, now, they're really good. They're still probably the second-best team in the country. But I do wonder if the transfer portal, and I've been I've been saying about the, the college football playoffs, that, like, what's really going to change? The best teams are going to win. In March Madness, we get a ton of upsets. We're not going to get those in college football. But maybe because everyone can transfer and quarterbacks are leaving 40% or 40 quarterbacks that transferred this year in Division I are starting. So that's kind of changed the landscape of uh, of college football. So maybe I'll sell my opinion that it's just a two-horse race and more teams can compete. A very, very fun day Saturday. The, today was an excellent day if you like underdogs. And going into tomorrow, I kind of like Seattle. Adios, peace. Have a good night. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.